What's the best way to become a better runner? For most people, the first place to start is to run a little bit more. That can mean lengthening your runs or adding in another day per week. But if you simply run more, you're gonna run into some issues. The first problem is you have to add miles gradually since the body needs time to adapt. The next thing to consider is that eventually you will find a limit to the amount of miles you can run in one week. Because even if you have all the time in the world, as well as the desire to run hundreds of miles per week, it's not a great idea. At some point, the miles will break you down more than it will build you up. Even if you find your sweet spot with your mileage, the perfect balance of enough runs and enough recovery, if all you do is run, you're not only risking injuries from overuse and muscle imbalances, but you are leaving lots of performance potential on the table. This is where strength training comes in. And if you do it right, it is quite literally the best way to get a stronger, more powerful body for faster running with less chance of injury. Welcome to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and my mission is to help you improve your running, your mindset, and your life with science-backed training and plant-based nutrition. Today, I'm going to go over just how much strength training endurance runners need, when is the best time to do it, and exactly what kinds of exercises work best for better performance and injury prevention. And I'm also gonna explain when it's okay to break all the rules and just get it done. Real quick planted runner news is that my book is now ready for pre-order. I'll explain more on that a little later, but if you are ready to pre-order yours now, head to theplantedrunner.com slash book. Don't forget to stay tuned all the way to the end of the episode for this week's Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Strength training is a completely different physiological stimulus from running. It provides distinct benefits that you just can't get from running, but are crucial to health and optimal performance. The two main benefits of strength training are that it prevents and helps heal injuries and it enhances performance. Done properly, strength training creates a foundation for injury-free running and allows you to keep up with increasing mileage and intensity on your runs. And on the performance side, studies have shown that resistance training improves running economy and endurance muscle fibers. Research has also linked weight training to better body composition and resting metabolic rates. Not to mention strength training is particularly important as we get older in a way that running alone is not. Recent studies have proven that running does not protect against the gradual loss of lean muscle tissue and as we lose muscle, we also lose a larger percentage of our fast twitch muscle fibers, which is part of why we slow down as we age. To say it another way, if you are afraid of getting slower as you get older, making strength training a part of your routine will slow down the slowdown. Well, to be clear, endurance runners do not need to be super strong and muscular. Just take a look at the difference between a 100-meter sprinter's body and an elite marathoner. The sprinter will be visibly muscular and the marathoner will be much more lean. 
That's because sprinting requires huge explosive power from big muscles, while endurance runners simply need to be strong enough to endure mile after mile. The good news is that if you are an endurance runner, you don't have to spend as much time lifting weights as a sprinter would, and you don't have to attack your strength sessions with the same amount of discipline and focus as you do your speed days on the track. The thing to remember is that if running is your primary focus, your strength work should complement your running, not compete with it. So how do you begin to add strength work to your running routine? Most long distance runners only need to strength train about 30 to 60 minutes a week. That could be 10 minutes a day or two days of 20 to 30 minutes a week. A little really does go a long way, but once a week is probably not often enough. The timing of your gym sessions is important. If you're lifting twice a week, you don't wanna be doing that on your easy days. Easy days are meant for recovery from your harder runs, not for additional muscle damage from lifting weights, even if you're lifting light. The absolute best way to complement your running is to lift on the same day as your hardest runs. For example, if you have a tempo run in the morning, follow it by a 20 to 30 minute strength workout at noon or in the evening. That way you are adding to the training effect of the running, then you fully recover from both on the following easy days. Running hard and then hitting the gym also helps you avoid the muscle soreness that can cause your running to suffer. If you go too hard with the weights and then try to run, it's not gonna go as well as when you're fresh. There have been studies that show that waiting several hours after your run to strength train is ideal. The theory is that you can recover a bit from your run to be able to lift better later. While I don't disagree that that could be true, most runners just need to get the job done and that is often immediately after the run. We don't have unlimited time to exercise and two workouts on the same day isn't always possible. And if you don't particularly love strength training, getting in a big session is gonna be even harder. Another time saver is to skip the supersets and just do one set of reps for each exercise. While there are proven benefits to doing multiple sets of an exercise, that's not the only way to build muscle. If you are lifting heavy enough, you can simulate and grow your muscles in a much shorter time period with fewer reps and sets. So if a longer workout isn't for you, try adding 10 to 15 minutes after each run. Lift slowly with heavy weights and you'll be amazed at how much work you can get in. Now, if you have a tough speed session the next day, you might want to go easy on the legwork and do some upper body exercises instead, but ideally your strength training before an easy day, not a hard one. Now that I've covered when to strength train, how long and how often, it's time to get into what to do specifically. I'll go over that in just a minute, but first. Did you know that I've written a book? <laughs> yes, I am thrilled to say I am officially a published author. I've put everything that I've learned about running, plant-based nutrition, and mindset techniques into one book called of course, The Planted Runner, running your best with plant-based nutrition. It will officially release in January, 2023, but you can pre-order your copy today at Barnes & Noble or at theplantedrunner.com slash book. For some reason, the listing isn't working right on Amazon right now, so you can't get it there just yet, but pre-orders at Barnes & Noble really help my publisher have a sense of demand. 
Pre-order yours today at theplantedrunner.com slash book. Women's Running Stories, where we explore the intersection between running and life. Because every woman who is committed to a running journey has a story to tell, and this is where you'll find those stories. I am host and producer Cherie Louise Turner. I'm a 53-year-old runner, and together with original music by musician and runner Cormac O'Regan, we bring these inspirational stories to life. Please join us to fuel your adventures. When it comes to strength training, some people believe that you really should focus on your legs because that's what you use for running. Other people think you can go light on the legs because running strengthens those, so you should focus on the core. And many runners simply have no idea what to do with their arms. <laughs> Research on runners makes it clear that upper body, lower body, and core strength training all contribute to improve running performance. So yeah, that's just about everything. <laughs> you, you should do exercises that involve all the major muscle groups because that helps create balance as everything is connected. A great place to start is with four exercises that can be done anywhere. You can do them with just your body weight or with dumbbells, and there are plenty of variations to keep things interesting. My favorite exercises for runners, if I have to choose just four, are squats, deadlifts, lunges, and planks. Let's break each of those down. In a standard bodyweight squat, you are targeting your quads, hamstrings, glutes, abdominals, and calves, which are all essential to good running. You can add variation by lifting one heel to weight one leg more than the other. You can open your stance and target your inner thighs and do a sumo squat, or you can add a jump to make the move even more powerful. A deadlift is another compound exercise where traditionally a weighted barbell starts on the floor. Since you lift it up with no momentum, you are lifting dead weight, which gives the exercise its name. Deadlifts train multiple muscle groups, including the hamstrings, glutes, back, hips, and core. A slightly different variation is the Romanian deadlift, which focuses more on the hamstrings. You start with a bar or a set of dumbbells at your hip level with your palms facing down. Keep the weights close to your body as you lower it towards your feet, pushing your hips back throughout the movement. Your legs should have a slight bend in the knees. Drive your hips forward to stand tall, keeping the barbell in front of the thighs. Lunges also work the quads, glutes, hamstrings, and calves, as well as other supporting leg muscles, depending on the angle you perform them on. Forwards, backwards, laterally, or adding a torso twist are all great variations. The last of my four favorite exercises for runners is the plank. Planks are amazing because they truly are a full body exercise with plenty of ways to mix them up. To do them right, keep your core engaged, maintain a neutral spine, and be sure to breathe. Now, just because I love those four exercises, as well as their million variations, it doesn't mean you're limited to just those, but they are a great foundation. Moving your muscles against resistance can be achieved with your body weight, a resistance band, a machine, or with free weights. Your muscles don't know the difference. 
Although I would argue that the machines at the gym do take away the work of the stabilizing muscles, so you get less bang for your strength training buck. For example, if you sit down and do the leg press, there's no need to counterbalance or engage your core. And that means you'll have to do another exercise for your core. Now, when I say core, do you automatically think sit-ups and crunches? Those are great if your goal is to look strong, but to actually get a strong core, there's a much better way. And that is unilateral training. Unilateral training is lifting a weight on only one side of the body at a time. Lunges are unilateral because you're doing one leg at a time. Standard squats, where both legs are planted equally on the floor, are bilateral. When you lift on one side of the body, your core is forced to engage to keep you from falling over. So by lifting unilaterally, you are getting in the core stabilizing work runners need without doing a single sit-up. All right, so you've chosen what to lift, but how heavy and how many reps? Actually, the number of repetitions is not critically important. The gym is not where you work on your endurance. You do that on the run. Recent research has shown that doing 5 reps or 20 reps will produce the same benefit in terms of muscle strength and endurance. That's important for busy runners. Some runners believe that they should only do body weight work because it's easier and runners really don't need to bulk up. Well, just because it's body weight doesn't mean it's easy. Pull-ups, for example, are extremely challenging for most people, even though it's just body weight. What's more important than the number of times you lift a weight is how you lift them. It's far more effective to lift and lower the weight slowly. Take two to three seconds to lift the weight and at least three seconds to lower down, pausing at the hardest point for a second before you lift again. The reason for the slow lift is because you want to eliminate momentum. Momentum cheats your muscles because the swing is doing the work for you. In addition, the faster you move, the greater the force on your joints and connective tissue, which means greater risk for injury. Lifting weights too quickly is far tougher on the joints than lifting too heavy. If you're looking for a power boost, save your explosive effort for the end of each set of exercises when you're starting to get fatigued. Fast movement will be impossible at this point, which protects you from its risks. But from a muscle fiber recruitment standpoint, it still is fast twitch training. This type of strength training is safer than plyometric exercises and produces the same powerful effects. You'll want to lift a weight heavy enough to fatigue the muscle you are working somewhere in eight to 20 reps. You'll know when to stop when it is impossible to complete one more with perfect form. This ensures that the muscle fiber is being completely recruited each and every lift. Now, eight to 20 reps is actually a huge range, so pick your poison. Would you rather lift something a little lighter more times and have your workout take longer? Or would you rather lift something heavy a few times and get it over with? Both work well, so choose what fits you the best. If you choose heavy, it really is time effective. Let's do the math. If you are taking three seconds to lift a weight, three seconds to lower with a pause in the middle, that's seven seconds per rep. If you choose a weight heavy enough to exhaust you in eight reps, that's 56 seconds per muscle group. 
If you divide the body into five major muscle groups, one chest, two back, three arms and shoulders, four abdominals or core, and five legs and glutes, that means you can work every part of your body in about five minutes. <laughs> and add in some time to rest in between sets and you're done in 10 minutes. If you've got more time and prefer lifting lighter weights with more reps, by all means go for it. But remember, you're not running and you don't want to turn your gym session into anything aerobic. A better use of your time would be adding in different exercises. So instead of doing 20 hamstring curls, for example, just do 10 to fatigue and then do 10 heavy calf raises to fatigue. When in doubt, less is more when it comes to strength training for runners, as long as you consistently do it a few times a week. So there you have it, a little heavy strength training a few days a week, mainly after your harder runs with compound exercises like squats, lunges, deadlifts, and planks is the magic formula. Well, it's not magic, it's an investment. An investment that will pay off by making you a more durable, faster runner, not to mention slow the effects of aging. And now it's time for this week's Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Today's topic is called Purposeful Adversity. What happens when you plant a small tree and tie it to a stake for support? The stake protects it from harsh winds when it's small, but if it's staked too long, it grows weak. The tree needs to sway in the wind despite the risks to grow stronger. Humans are no different. We say that we want an easier life, but it's actually through challenge and adversity that our life becomes rich and meaningful. In our modern world, this means we often have to choose adversity on purpose. We need to challenge ourselves with running or strength training, or we will grow weak. We need to choose the short-term struggle to get an easier life instead of choosing the easy option, which leads to a lifetime of struggle. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of The Planted Runner. Don't forget to pre-order The Planted Runner book at Barnes & Noble or theplantedrunner.com book. Another free and super impactful way to keep this show going is to review on Apple Podcasts and rate on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. The Planted Runner is still 100% runner supported, so downloading, subscribing, and sharing the show with all your running friends is the best way to keep it that way. Have a great run today. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Colby Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. <laughs>